Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to the Premier League show. It's a show that had better get a Dukla Prague away kit this Christmas or heads are going to roll. On today's pod, we're talking critical managers, a zombie Super League coming back to life and City taking on a Soccer Aid 11 in Saudi Arabia. We'll also be going around the grounds as always. To discuss all this with me, I'm delighted to be joined today by someone who just secretly admitted to me off air that he could give or take a Dukla Prague top. Just so long as he gets Clarks in the top gear years in hardback, he'll be a happy bunny. It's uh, Howard of Hocking. <laughs> Hello, sir. Got How it already. <laughs> why would I need two copies? I don't know why I chose that. There's going to be loads <laughs> of people listening who, who have that. And it's, it's, oh, I'm sure it's a perfectly fine book. I've, oh, I've got... You know what I found? Oh, my God, it makes you feel sick. I was a different person. I, I know <laughs> more now than do. Piers Morgan, these diaries that he released about 20 years ago. Oh, I read that. Yeah, I didn't know. So I've got, yeah, it just makes me sick thinking I actually bought it and enjoyed it at the time. But I've got about a thousand books. I've, you know, clearing stuff out and taking them to charity shops. Mm. And I found that and it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) that's going straight to the charity shop. They can have it. So, yeah, the big mad marshmallow that he is. Yeah, I I really, I like the Top Gear when they go on. I think I, I dislike well, I, I dislike all, all three of them for different reasons, and yet they do make good telly. And I have no interest in cars, so there you go. So, yeah, but there is a, a, a kind of a split, isn't it, between how you the feel challenges about are good and the television yeah. that you're watching. Um, yeah, I was, just t- I was telling you off air, wasn't I, that I got quite emotional watching The Crown the other night, and it involved <laughs> yeah. Prince Philip, Prince Charles, and Prince William, and I was like, why am I getting emotional? These three, but the the actual program was done so well that. Um, mm. Yeah, got me a bit. Anyway, we've already <laughs> distracted yeah. us. No more Piers Morgan uh, talks, please. It's Christmas. Different rules apply. Let's I mean, get to the football. Piers Morgan might be listening to us right now, for all we know, so we best move on. Well, I mean, he's, he's been hacked in the phone for the last couple of years. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Jürgen Klopp. We've got to start today with, <laughs> with, with old Clippity. Um, Piers Morgan to Jürgen Klopp. Yeah. Seamless. A compendium of bellends. Um, he was critical of the Anfield crowd this week. Um, something that Pep has form for, to be honest. Pep has done this quite a couple of times now, yeah. hasn't he? Um, I've got to say that when you actually go back to what Klopp says, clearly it's a rallying cry. You know, it, it, it's designed to rouse up the crowd ahead of Arsenal. He, he all but says it. I don't think. I think it could be misconstrued as outright criticism, but still. Does it sit right with you when managers say such things about about fans and no. the crowd? No, not at all. I mean, let's get it right with Pep as well. It was a rallying cry. That's why they're doing it there, mm. and it often works as well. You'll see like a response in the next game. Yes. You think, well, fair enough. That's what they're doing. But like when we had a WhatsApp conversation yesterday about Kyle Walker's uh, comments the other day, it's like when you dig into them, they're not that bad. Well, they're not media savvy either because you know how they're going to be interpreted. Yes. And it's the same when managers do stuff like this. It's tone deaf for me. It's absolutely tone deaf because if they've got a problem, I mean, I, I when you sent the agenda, I replied, well, we could do an hour on this point, to be honest, but I don't really want to do more than five minutes because it's annoying. If they've got an issue with that atmosphere, go to your bosses and talk to them about why we've got to this situation. You know, I talked on the pod this week about doing a blog about the idea that football fans have 
not all clubs, I'm generalising here, at the top level, are bored right now somewhat <laughs> with the brand and the product. So you can have Liverpool United at Anfield and it'd be like a morgue and City Liverpool at half 12 on a Saturday and it'd be a lack of atmosphere. And there's just not that buzz sometimes yeah. in some of these games. And to put that onto the fans themselves, well, that's totally out of order, in Matt, just to get some atmosphere for the game against Arsenal, which will have an atmosphere because it's a big game at half five on a Saturday. Great time to have... The, I think it is. Is it at half five? It is. It is indeed. Yeah. The timing, the timing so, is, is critical for atmosphere, I believe. Yeah, of course it is. And he doesn't need to do this because comparing it to a, a Carabao Cup game at yeah. home to a terrible West Ham, which are... And, you know, as a season ticket holder, I see the clientele for different competitions is very different. The Champions League is just tourist central which hey I'm not having a dig they're taking the seats of people who aren't going so uh, but they're all different there's not going to be a problem I don't think with the atmosphere at Anfield as there wouldn't be if City were playing Arsenal at half five on a Saturday compared to us playing Bournemouth at half twelve you know on a Saturday as well it's just like what is the point of this it's like there are numerous reasons why the atmosphere is terrible and it's down to the the brand money corporate selling the way tickets are sold and who and the, the club's desire to make money over generating atmosphere so if you if managers have got a problem with atmosphere and there is a problem in the premier league go and talk to your bosses and ask them why they've allowed this to happen because yeah. ultimately it's not down to the fans the fans respond to the football as well they respond to what's going on on the pitch uh Bournemouth away I think city's been moved to half five on a Saturday so, you know, if you're travelling down, you're not coming back, are you? I doubt there's any trains there. Fans are just messed about left, right and centre. There's endless football. There's going to be, in, you know, the Champions League is going to be bigger. Then there's going to be this Club World Cup that's in the summer. Just endless, endless football. If you go to a football match, if you're watching your team every three or four days, the passion will dilute. Absolutely. So it's the system that's created this. The... Premier League, the money and everything that's happened since 1992, to put it onto the fans, I just think is totally unfair. What I found quite revealing is in the middle of his kind of speech, he mentioned about, you know, I shouldn't have to, you know, have a row with a rival manager. And I thought that was quite revealing. I mean, I'm sure one or two of his rows with rival managers have been sincere and, you know, just organic, if you like. But it does suggest that He's aware of what he's doing when he's doing that. You know, he's yeah. he's basically trying to rouse up the crowd and, and ignite Anfield. Um, there's a certain inauthenticity about that, um, bit of manipulation that doesn't sit right with me because you're talking about one manager having a go at another manager. Um, mm. So I thought that was quite revealing. But I've got to say, by and large... I had a problem with the fact that he was blaming the fans, or not blaming, that's, that's too strong, but kind of bringing the fans into it. But you could clearly see what his motivation was. Um, it wasn't outright criticism. I think in the past, yeah. Pep has actually outright criticised us, really, um, in comparison to what Klopp said, and, and that was worse. It It's just never right to bring the fans into it. it, it I remember writing an article years and years ago about Villa, um, Villa on the telly, and there was half-empty stands, 
and I think the Mirror or someone ran a story about it, and it was like, when, when I wrote this article, the amount of reasons that I could give as to why it was, I think it was over Christmas time, um, why it was half empty, the, the, the ground. Um, Alec McLeish was their manager at the time, that's probably the biggest reason. It's never factored in all that. All, all the other, you know, the, the reasons why fans don't go to a game are never factored in, and they should be. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I think there's, there is just so much football. I mean, the guy next to me at match said, if we win the league this year, I'm, I'm giving it up. It's well, my, my brother did, yeah. It's a lifelong yeah. season ticket holder, and I was like... Yeah, my brother was, It yeah. just doesn't get the buzz anymore. So there's a, a thousand reasons like that. It's like, the clubs don't care. Yeah, higher up, perhaps, like, how many actually care about atmosphere? They, they want... They want the day trippers in who are in the shop buying, spending 150 quid a go. They want the corporates who are like buying expensive meals and buying, and they want to sell one off tickets for 90 quid a pop that actually cost 30 quid to the person who's put them on there. So, (laughs) so the club sort it, not the fans, sort the club sort it. Yeah, we've got this extension to the North Stand. This is a huge opportunity for City to do something about the atmosphere, but I'm not casting dispersion. I don't know the answer to this, but do those higher up at City really care? If those seats are filled, do they care how much noise people are making? I, I think they probably do because it's important to Pep, isn't it? And so if it's important to Pep, it's important to City. Um, and it's just, a, you know, they're so obsessed with the brand. It's a big part of the brand, isn't it? The kind of noise and generated in the ground and, mm. you know, when it's televised, etc. the excitement that that brings... Um, so I think they probably do care about this. Maybe well, I'm wrong. I don't know. But I, I don't I, know. I don't have the I, answer. I, I, I mean, 1894, you know, the one Blue Moon Forum said, you know, they liaise regularly with the club as, with suggestions of stuff to do. Yeah. And they just say, well, you know, we don't know if we're being heard in a way, so time will tell. Uh, yeah. That things need to be done about atmosphere, but just lumping it on the fans is not... It's not going to change anything if you, you know, it's, it's so, honestly, it's a podcast on its own about, and maybe we should do it sometime, how to improve atmosphere. But it's a problem across the top level of football because it's a TV sport more than a spectator sport nowadays, I think. So, as, as regards to kind of not being heard by the club, I mean, we spoke before about the miasmic nature of a structure at City. So you could basically get in touch with someone put your point across, think, okay, they're going to do something here, I've kind of made my point well, but they have to go upstairs, and then that person upstairs has to go upstairs. Um, and so, you know, the chain of command is such where you can never really, you're never really just talking to Manchester City, are you? You're talking to yeah. an individual who probably has to get it kind of put through by someone else, and, and that makes it very complicated. And something the atmosphere at City would in involve kicking a lot of people out of the seats, which is part of the reason that the atmosphere was dissipated in the first place. So there's no perfect answer to this. Yeah, no one wants to be kicked out of a seat that they're comfortable in around people they know. So Splitting the singing but... sections was a mistake. I mean, it, it's, it's never yeah. been fully rectified. And, you know, I, I can see the logic. It's like, OK, let's put the away end in the middle of two singing sections. No, put them together, combine them, and then even if the rest of the ground's quiet... That's perfectly normal across Europe. That in a lot of stadia where you've got one end which is just you know a bouncing, heaving, throbbing, noisy mass of, of noise, and the and the rest of the ground is basically people sitting in seats and watching the game. That's perfectly normal. 
But we don't even have that. We've split them. And that, that was a fundamental mistake, I believe. Mm. I mean, anyway. it's part of the grounds where you get told off if you stand up. So Well, yeah. exactly. God, yeah. I, I, I remember I, it wasn't just come on City. It may have been a swear word in there. I don't know. But the looks of people around me once, just from saying something really innocuous, I just thought, I can't even raise my voice at a football ground anymore. Mm. Clubs have taken the money, so... This is the consequence. Uh, mm. A rallying call from a manager is not going to make much difference in the long term. But it w- but that's the thing in this instance because you know what Liverpool are like. It will work. I mean, yeah, it worked with Pep. Huge. I think I think it did. But I'm sure he was. I'm sure he did it after an FA Cup match against Fulham or so. You know, <laughs> one of those games where it's like, why are you doing it now? It's like, it was two o'clock on a Sunday, or it was something yeah. ridiculous. It'd be, it'd be moved again. I mean, you've moved Huddersfield to two o'clock on a Sunday instead of three o'clock on a Saturday, so you could put it on the BBC iPlayer. How? Don't dare <laughs> complain yeah. anyone at the club about if there's a bad atmosphere against Huddersfield when it's been moved to a Sunday when it did not need to be moved. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Okay, let's change tack here. Um, and if that was somewhat kind of downbeat, this is going to be right. No, I bloody bit. enjoyed that, Steve. Thanks for opening. <laughs> good, that. good, good. Um, let's see uh, enough of the happy clapping podcast you've been doing. <laughs> this, uh. Let's have a good whinge like we used to. Fair enough. There's room for both, isn't there? <laughs> let's let's grinch it big time, yeah. Let's grinch it indeed. Let's let's have an ease of it. Um, <laughs> okay, the, the, the prospect of a breakaway Super League has been somewhat heightened this week by a court ruling that bans basically, you know, organisations from banning clubs um, from joining breakaway leagues, deeming it to be unlawful. The implications of this is somewhat worrying. It's basically now they've got the law on the side. This weird organisation called is it A twenty two? Yeah. I mean, who who are A twenty two? Well, the club they? set the club set it up, didn't they? Like Barcelona, Real Madrid, and right. a another set this company up themselves to run the yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So A twenty two now have been very vocal this week, haven't they? Um, just saying, oh, we're going to do this and this and basically putting forward all these new proposals. And last time, when such proposals were made public, the outcry was deafening, and rightly so. This time, I've always feared this, Howard. I always thought, if they come back a second time, we'll probably knock it back again. If they come back a third time, we'll be worn down by then, and they'll probably get it through. This looks like it's going to be the second time. Um, Are you concerned? No, not in the slightest. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.